On the show this week, I talk to Simone Vincenzi. We talk about playing the didgeridoo, putting together a business purpose strategy, and using live events to grow your business. Welcome to episode 192 of the Marketing and Finance Podcast. This is the podcast for ideas and inspiration on marketing your business and growing your business and for discussing topics on all things finance. I'm Roger Edwards, a marketing guy and keynote speaker from Edinburgh. Talk to me if you want to cut the BS and the complexity from your marketing strategy. Hey folks, and welcome to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading or streaming the show. You know I really do appreciate you taking the time to listening to me talking to my guests and sometimes talking to myself. I know there are lots of podcasts out there. I know there's a lot of choice, so I'm doubly grateful that you've chosen the Marketing and Finance Podcast. And thank you for everyone who gave me feedback on last week's episode, which was a solo show where I talked about my experiences speaking on stage at the Youpreneur Summit. Seems quite a few of you agree with me that marketing is broken and that we can do something about it. Quite a few of you are also intrigued to learn a little bit more about my story of John the Wine Man. So it will appear on the podcast sometime in the future. But as I said last week, if you'd like me to deliver my Fixing Broken Marketing speech, which includes the story of John the Wine Man, please do get in touch. I'd love to help you make your event a great success. And without further ado, let's get straight into that interview with Simone right here on the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Simone, welcome to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Hello, Roger. How are you doing? I'm doing fine today. Now, tell me, where are we Zooming each other from? I'm in Edinburgh, as always. And I am in sunny London. Sunny, sunny London. So, many, you've got a really interesting CV, and I'm looking at your website at this moment in time, and you describe yourself on the one hand as a business purpose strategist, and I really like to dig into what that means, but you also make... Uh, a lot of your business revolves around public speaking, and not only are you out there speaking at conferences, but a lot of the business that you develop revolves around organizing your own events and, and teaching other business people how to put together strategies, how to identify their target customers, and, and effectively how to build businesses that engage. So it'd be really Absolutely. interesting to, to talk about that today. But before we get into all of that, give me a little bit of background about yourself, where you came from, where you're going, and, and basically what makes Simone Vincenzi tick? What makes me tick? So there are a few things that makes me tick. Um, and then I'll give you a bit of background. I like, I like the, the, this question first. Uh, what makes me tick is uh, the music. Right. I love music. Oh, you play Absolutely. the didgeridoo, don't you? Yes. Yes, I play two different instruments. I play the didgeridoo, which is, a, for those of you who are listening that don't know, is an Aboriginal Australian instrument. It looks like a wooden tube. Then you blow in and make some really cool, very deep, earthy sounds like very weird instrument. And <laughs> I love it. Absolutely love it. And then I also play an instrument called a hang drum. Right. And it looks like a UFO. It is a metal drum. It looks like a UFO, and then every note is on the side of this metal drum. And by tapping your finger very lightly on that metal drum, and every and every hole will make a different sound. Uh, it's very calming. It's very relaxing, and I love it for that reason. So that's number one. 
Number two, uh, basketball. Right. Basketball, even though I'm uh, pretty short, um, <laughs> it's like pretty sh- very short. Uh, I play in the professional league in the fourth division in the national level, and uh, I cannot imagine my life without basketball. I, I have a basketball cravings if I don't go to training or <laughs> if I don't play for a while. And then the other thing is, uh, well, I guess uh, my wife. <laughs> my wife is the love of my life. So uh, very connected to my family and uh, for me it's really important. I love and the then, fact that you've do- dove in there and talked about normal things like music and family as opposed to diving straight in and talking about business which i guess most people naturally think well that's the most important thing for the podcast but but we do have to balance our work and our family life and our interests and and keep both going in order to keep ourselves motivated all the time i agree with you and also they are incredibly connected to business and uh, i'll tell you why because uh, when we listen to an interview or when we listen to someone, uh, yes, uh, informations are great, but we will never be able to co- create a connection with a person without, uh, just with the information, without knowing who they are. If you think about the people that maybe they were most influential in your life, the people that you are connected with the most, is because uh, you know them on a personal level or you know about their lives. Uh, that's why when we watch a documentary, for example, we are interested in uh, learning the, the behind the scene of an entrepreneur, how they live their lives and yeah. what do they do? Because we are human and we want to connect on that level. So that's why I think is a, actually the fact of playing the do helps me massively in my business, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I absolutely agree with you. And I think that if you look on YouTube, quite a lot of the very successful business people are the ones who are letting people see through a little window into their into the behind the scenes life of their business you know what's happening behind the scenes this is how i run my podcast this is how i run my speaking business this is me stuck on an airplane for 45 hours or whatever it might be <laughs> and, and I, I i find i find exactly the same thing in my spare time with a, with a great big um finger inverted commas there i'm a fitness and yoga instructor and and that always raises a, an eyebrow or two when i tell that to people but of course it, it, it's a completely different thing to my day job as a marketer and a, as a keynote speaker and and again it does create that different connection and that level of interest that opens doors i think i absolutely agree with you 100 percent. so let's talk about your business and i want to have a look at this this uh, business purpose strategist before we get to talking about your speaking um, uh, career and, and, and how you run events. A business purpose strategist, my eyes absolutely zeroed in on the word strategist. Because let's face it, the word strategy to me sometimes is a bit of a turnoff, especially in, in, um, in the world of business, especially amongst younger people perhaps. Now, I'll often get people come to me as a marketing consultant and they'll say something like, Roger, we want you to help us with our Twitter marketing or we want you to help us with our LinkedIn marketing. And, and my reaction to that, being an old git, is, well, that's fine, but does Twitter fit with your overall strategy? Can you tell me about your marketing strategy? And sometimes I'll get blank looks 
Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I'll get them just fidgeting as if they've never heard the word before. And sometimes they'll even know, oh, well, that's the end of the conversation, slam the door in. We don't want all that boring stuff. That's for, that's the men in suits are sitting around board tables. We just want to get our, roll our sleeves up and start doing all the tactical stuff. But I've always believed throughout my career that you can't be successful tactically unless you've got the strategy in place. And if you don't want to call it strategy, then don't call it strategy. But you've got to have a goal. You've got to have an offer before you can start talking to people and communicating with people. And so when I saw business purpose strategists, I thought this is going to have to be the first part of our conversation. So tell me all about that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we had that conversation before when we started uh, when we started uh, this uh, this podcast. Uh, before we started the podcast, and we we are very in tune with uh, with our toes and how we, we see this industry. And uh, you're right. A lot of people want to just have get things done, get in the trenches, do stuff. And I think that we have been conditioned right now and get get on, do it. Uh, no, take action. Don't be afraid. Don't think too much. Just do it. And also we are conditioned to see uh, a lot of other people having great success in uh, using Twitter, using Facebook ads. And we often don't stop and think, okay, where am I going? What is the the, the overall purpose of what I'm doing? Because a a tactic would be only effective within an ecosystem. Mm. Tactic is never going to be effective on their own. Otherwise, you're just wasting your time or might have some short-term success. But what you're doing, you're spending so much time to have something that will represent just for a short term. Well, what you need to look at is how does the old business as a machine works? And everyone that just comes in and does one thing without spending the time understanding the overall and entire business as a unit, I think uh, is not as a consultant is not giving their clients the best service they can. Because mm. yes, as you can say, you can have we can put have way more clients just to do the fancy stuff, but you might actually then they, that might not work because it's not of, in line with their strategy, and then they're going to blame it on you because now you didn't get them the results that they wanted. <laughs> and while the problem was that everything wasn't in alignment, so strategy yeah. is crucial. You need to have to know all the moving pieces of the puzzle of the business. And of course, the longer you are in business, the, the more you know about it. And if, it's, if you're starting out, uh, then it's fine anyway. You will find out. <laughs> you, will see, you, you will learn <laughs> all the moving piece of the puzzle. Or you work with someone like Roger and they're going <laughs> to gonna teach you about that. <laughs> yeah, I guess that, that you, I, you get that. Oh, Twitter marketing doesn't work. Facebook ads don't work. Well, they probably didn't work because you hadn't got the strategy in place to start with. So what, what, what do you mean by business purpose strategist? Are you, are you helping people create the why for their business? Is that, is that what that's all about? I think it all starts from the why. Mm. Um, <laughs> quoting Simon Sinek yeah. <laughs> on this one. If, you, if you've never read the book, for those of you that are listening, starts with why from Simon Sinek. Awesome book. That's a great resource for everyone to read. Um, whether you are in the financial services, you're in the marketing world, and you're a business owner, awesome book. And I think that without the why, even the strategy is not going to be able to be finalized. Mm-hmm. 
couldn't even finalize the strategy without that. So by knowing your why, why you're doing what you're doing, what is the purpose of your business? How does the purpose of your business align with the kind of life that you want to live as well? Um, and the goals that you want to achieve, that you want your business to achieve in the world, the positioning that you want your business to have in the market. Without all that, it, you're just going to play a reactive game. Because then you're going to chase every new shiny object that is going to come in without having that solid foundation. So it's all starts having a solid foundation, in my opinion. And that's why once you have that solid foundation and where you understand, okay, this is me, this is who I am, this is why I do what I do, this is, a, 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 as a, maybe you are an employee, maybe you're a business owner, or it depends on where you are, but then everything then makes sense. And then you can give a meaning to everything you do. And that's where the strategies come in. Yeah. Uh -huh. Because now that you have your why, then we can put, we can look at, okay, what's going to be all the different pieces of the puzzle of your business? Let's put them together and let's make sure that everything we do from uh, identifying your target clients, from your marketing strategy, from your sales strategy, from the way you lead, you, you, you recruit your employees, from the way you lead them, the way the, the software that you use to help you out in automating your business, everything that aligns to get you towards that purpose. And that's why I do what I do. Do you find that you get that initial um, pushback to the, the str strategic approach? Because I do find that. I, I've, I've even got to the stage where I'm writing a book about this very subject and, and, and I haven't got a title for the book yet, but it's almost something like how to do strategy without using the word strategy. Because I really do <laughs> find that the word gets in the way and that people just think that strategy is autom automatically either very complicated, very boring, or very impossible to do. And they, people have visions of sitting in, in meetings rooms and sticking post-it notes on walls and doing SWOT analysis and pest analysis and talking about <laughs> grids and and P's and the four P's and the seven P's and the 11 P's and and it just sounds horrible do you find that there is that? a very long P <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> do you do you do you just think that some, sometimes it's the it's the established terminology that's the problem and that we just need to find a new way of expressing what these things are um I so I used to find that a problem and the reason why I used to find it a problem, it is because uh, I wasn't um, aligning myself to what the client really wanted. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, when I started my business, I only had, uh, I started my business with a hundred pound and didn't have a clue about what I was doing. And I started speaking in schools and that was the very first time I was hired as a speaker. Uh, because uh, I realized that no one wanted to be mentored by a 22-year-old, yeah. which, which makes sense <laughs> now that I look back. <laughs> so I said, okay, who wants to be mentored by a 22-year-old? Well, young people, great, <laughs> on my market, awesome. And uh, so I started in that way. And uh, I remember when I was uh, approaching schools or approaching different organizations that I wanted to impose my agenda. Mm -hmm. I wanted at the beginning to tell them what uh, they needed to have. And I found a lot of slam doors in that way. And the more I was learning about sales uh, and uh, marketing and different strategies, then I came across the concept of uh, give your client uh, what they want and teach them what they need. Mm. Mm. And that transformed completely. So if a client says, I want to learn Twitter strategy, I'm like, great, let me teach you Twitter strategy. And then they pay me. Then we say, okay, now that you've paid, before we do strategy, let's look at the strategy of your business and everything else. 
but now they are clients. So by the moment they pay, they already trust me. Mm-hmm. So they already trust that I know what I'm doing. And I found that by, if I know that I can help them based on the assessment, and even if I know that we might go end up in a different direction, I will take that client because then at that point, they they are trusting me as the expert to help them out. So if I say, you know what, we started with this, but do you mind if we change based on the work that you've done so far? Found that they are very they are very responsive on that side. Yeah, I like that approach. I can I can see how that will. Um, I mean, that's good. It's engaging. It's taking them along, and and as you say, it's fitting in with what with what they want. So let's have a look at how you then transpose the business pur- purpose strategist work that you do into the local environment because you are running quite a lot of events aren't you um you're speaking um i'm sure it says on your website that you do over 200 speaking gigs a year um yep. which means that that's pretty much two-thirds of the year you go you're speaking which is pretty good pretty good but some of that is at conferences organized by other people but a lot of that is at events that you run yourself isn't it uh, absolutely so i've been doing uh, 200 events a year now for the past four years mm-hmm. Um, consistently, and uh, I'm going to slow down at a certain point. <laughs> we have, we're planning to have kids, so <laughs> that's this kind of lifestyle is not going to be sustainable uh, for for much longer. Uh, but uh, I love running events and I love being on stage. It makes me feel alive. Mm-hmm. That's where I thrive. And uh, also, I found that uh, is one of the most profitable ways to to grow any business. Mm-hmm. Uh, by being able to be in front of the right audience, by speaking at the right conferences, being in the right place. Because every time you are online, and there is a place for online, absolutely. I'm not discounting that. But the conversion is much uh, slower Mm. because unless you're making like a quick sale, but if you're talking about financial services, that's very rarely the case mm. because we are talking about or recurring revenues model or we are talking about uh, um, maybe some insurances uh, that we are doing. So there is much more due diligence that people make. So it's not like quick, I've seen the ad, I'm going to buy because I want to buy that kettle because I need a kettle. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a very different market. And that goes in as well in the consulting services as well. And I found that when uh, online, uh, there is a lot of noise and people are very distracted. And now people, well, before they had to see you seven times before making a decision, now they had to see you 300 times before they make a decision. So the whole landscape has changed. But when you are on stage, when you are present there physical, there is something that happens that beats any other form of marketing, which is called human connection. Mm And when you're connecting there and they see you in person, they see you talking and you need to be good at talking because if you're not good at talking, then you do the opposite effect. But <laughs> Drive let's assume <laughs> you have someone on your team, on yourself, and you learn about public speaking and the impact that you can make in that person's mind in second to, to, not, to nothing else you can do on a marketing level. Mm. They, they will trust you. They see you as the authority. And in particular, you have the most important um commodity that they have that which is their time yeah their focused attention their undivided attention is on you and maybe that facebook post that they are making while or the twitter while they're tweeting about your talk so <laughs> is uh, is uh, is so powerful and a lot of people underestimate how powerful this is and that's why 
my biggest form of marketing for any company I run, and we have four companies right now, is public speaking, is running events, creating events for us, for our clients to raise the brand awareness and raise and, and, and get clients in that way. I think it's it's almost counterintuitive, isn't it? Because these days people assume everything needs to be online. You don't need to you don't need to hire a hall or go to a hotel and hire a room and get people's bums on seats. Their eyeballs on the screen is good enough. They can see me on the Zoom video. They can see me on the webinar video. But I agree with you. Sometimes people just like to go along and interact with real humans. And and I think in the digital age we've we've forgotten that. I agree with you. I, I agree with you. And there is a purpose for online. It's all part of when you're talking about strategy, you cannot just take one single element. Because then if you have no online presence, and now you have a conference or you have an event, and someone checks you out, and there is nothing about you on social media or online, then they're not going to trust you. So there is a, it needs to be an ecosystem that works in order to get people in. But I I've seen, uh, I, I had one of my earliest mentors that says, uh, if everyone is going uh, left, uh, go right. Yes. <laughs> so if everyone is going online, I'm focusing all my efforts on li- offline, which makes it way easier for me. And uh, I still have an online presence. I'm very active there. But my role, instead of make, getting people online to stay online, is to get people online to, to get offline or to meet them already offline where my team and I can meet them face-to-face, can build that relationship, that human connection, and uh, the deals are done in sometimes in minutes because of that. So tell me exactly what it is that you do at the event, because obviously you're not making the money from the actual events themselves. What you're doing is you're giving people um, a taster of what you can do for them as a consultant, as a coach, as a business purpose strategist. And presumably the money come from, comes from later when they become clients. Exactly. It depends by the model. Uh, again, there are different models that people can use. Uh, you can actually also make money from the conference itself mm-hmm. or from the event itself. But in, in the case that of the model that I decided to use, is more about um, getting the money from the clients that I get from the tasters that they receive or sometimes the tasters they are paid, sometimes mm-hmm. they're free, depending on the model that we use and the kind of events. But something that we've worked really well and works in very well in our industry and every industry will have a different way because the way I run this part of the business is very different from the one that are uh, from the corporate side. We still use the event, but it's a different model that mm-hmm. we use to get our corporate clients. But if we want to get, for example, small business owners, which is more, the behavior is more like a B2C mm. than a B2B. Mm. Because most of the time they are the decision maker. If they like it, they buy it. They don't have to go through a lot of, oh, I need to t- talk to this person and this person and this other person, <laughs> this other person. And then maybe talk to this person and wait other six months so we can have the board meeting and talk to the other person. It's very immediate. And we will do a free event or a free evening, free one day or a free evening. We will invite them to buy a three-day uh, advanced course where they can expand on the strategies on what they've learned on the free on the free one. Yeah. And if we did a good job there and they like it and they like the content and they like the experience as well, because when you're like in, when you're doing a conference, it's not just about the content that you're delivering; it's about the experience that you're providing. Mm. And the better the content, the better the experience, the more people will buy, and then they will attend a three day. A conference with us and actually I've got these three days coming up literally uh, Friday, Saturday and Sunday this coming week and um, then from that point 
then they will buy another if they want. They will keep going uh, working with us with another uh, offer that we make. And so that's the model uh, that we use, and we found that to be incredibly, incredibly profitable. There are some events where we generally make uh, about a uh, hundred thousand or hundred twenty thousand every uh, fifteen people that we have in the room. So is just growing from there. I mean, that's a really impressive figure. Tell me, how do you how do you market these events? How do you get people through the door, and how do you get them sat there listening what, to what you've got to say? Yeah, that's the challenge when you're running <laughs> when you're running live events. When you're running your own event, the biggest thing I forget about anything else. Uh, spend the most of the majority of your time, money, resources, whatever you have, marketing that bloody thing. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> no, I started when we started our company. I said we had a hundred hundred pounds, so <laughs> we didn't have much money <laughs> to spend in anything, and. I managed to get this venue for free. It was an organic farm in central London. <laughs> we got this room for free for seven events. And it was a big shock because the first event we had about was a free event. I think we had about 40 registrations. But then after the registration, we didn't send any reminders to people. And we had ended up having four people turning up at the event. Uh, two were actually the speakers that we hired for the for the <laughs> night. One was my dad's, uh, my my business partner's father, and then the other one was the only person who actually attended. Which we chained the, the chairs and now you're you're not gonna leave this room right now. <laughs> and uh, and from there we we started growing. So some of the strategies that uh, we, we we use and we advise our clients to use are are mainly four. One is a, which is the most effective, is to speak at other people's events. Mm. The reason why this is the most effective, it is because you're already talking to an audience which is saying, I like to be at events. And in particular, if it's a paid event, you're already talking to an audience that say, I like spending money on events. Yeah. <laughs> and if the topic is aligned, you want to make sure that the topic is aligned to the team of the conference or the kind of people and the target clients are there then it's a no-brainer for them to say, well, let me keep this journey with you and keep going with you and uh, is more likely they're going to take up that offer. So that's number one. Number two is uh, joint ventures with other promoters. This is a really important, finding other um, businesses or organization or private or public organization that will have the database of people that you want to reach and then do a partnership with them. Get them on board as sponsors of the event in exchange of sharing that event with their database. Mm. And literally, if you get the right joint ventures of partners on board, then you can pack your rooms just in that way. I wouldn't recommend only using that strategy because it means that now your business relies only on those. Um, so if someone, for example, says, no, I don't want to send emails anymore and they pull out then you're screwed. Yeah. So it's always, uh, it's never good to put all the eggs in one basket. So I will do, I will speak at other stages. I will have other promoters that help me out. And then uh, I would use some Facebook advertisement or paid advertisement and promote the event in that way. Uh, is a, right now, given the paid advertisement uh, and particularly how Facebook, the algorithm works, uh, is much more complex than it was before. Because you need, first of all, to create an audience, retarget them. Yeah. Otherwise, if you just promote a cold event, 
for people to even register for a free event in a local area, the, the cost per registration can go up sometimes to 50, 60, 70 pounds per registration. Uh, if you're looking, I'm thinking about London, which is a very competitive market for the kind of training I'm doing. And, and of course, every the paid advertisement will change. The paid budget will change depending on the niche where you're in. Yeah. Um, if you have more people competing for the same keywords and for the same people, you spend more. If you have less people, you spend less. <laughs> Simple as that. Uh, and then the last strategy uh, is also uh, using the, uh, the current network that you have or hiring or having other speakers and getting them promoted to their own audience. Um, that works really well only if the speakers do it. <laughs> but it's not always the case. So <laughs> most of the time you got to be on top of it. So once you've got people in the room, what is it that you're... What what is it? What's the lure? What gets them through the door? Is it this whole thing about putting together this purpose strategy? So you're helping them work out their why, helping them work out their offer, and ultimately how to promote that offer. Is that what you're giving people? Uh, it depends on the events that we run. Mm. One event is that uh, some events. Uh, so we are looking always at what uh, things our our clients want. Yeah, and uh, um, something else that I've learned about marketing is. Uh, to create different messages. Even if you're selling one product, create different messages to sell the same product because people will respond in, in different ways. And yeah. there is going to be something that they're going to be look, that they look for more than something else. Mm. So we will always uh, run uh, different kind of events to fill, to fill up the three day that we want to fill up. And uh, some of them can be learn this marketing strategies. Uh, and another one will be uh, learn how to speak. Uh, and another one would be find, uh, uh, refine the, the strategy, the entire strategy of your business. And so we will actually take our ideal clients and we will filter them for what they're interested in the most to then get them into the the other specific training that they want. Mm -hmm. And and as I said, we have uh, some like the biggest training that we do is uh, how to make money from events. So we teach them, we run events on teaching people how to make money from events. <laughs> I, I like that. Uh, we have uh, how to create your entire business strategy for your business, and uh, that is working really well. In particular looking at the monetization side because that's what people want people want want money that's what businesses want they want money so all the marketing material is geared on this is how this will help you grow your business or another thing that people want is to have more time in their lives mm -hmm. so this is how this will help you have more time in your life and then we will run the events around that tell me what's the one big thing that you've learned from all these events that you've run, from the strategy work that you've done, that you'd like the listeners of the Marketing and Finance podcast to take away from all your experiences? It, <laughs> this is the biggest, always the biggest takeaway. And uh, uh, everything that you do is going to take three times longer and cost three times more. <laughs> this is uh, the biggest takeaway I've got because uh, if you're running an event and uh, you think to get... Uh, a uh, hundred people in the room, then aim for 300 people and you might get 50. <laughs> so <laughs> if you want to, to, to even grow your sales and make a million uh, in your business, well, aim for three millions and uh, then uh, you'll make half a billion. It's always having a, a, a contingency plan, uh, 
being aware of expectations and uh, understanding uh, as well, understanding something before doing it. I think there is a power in uh, just giving it a go. Mm. But uh, if you understand something before you get into it, you arrive to a point where you actually save time, save money. You might pay someone, I pay a lot of people uh, just to save me that time and to save me that learning curve. Because uh, I used to be stubborn enough to think I could do everything by myself, that I was a superhero. And uh, apparently that's not the case. (laughs) Even even when you are wearing the cape, it isn't the case. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. If you're wearing the cape and if you're you're wearing a red underwear on top of your trousers, that's not the case. I mean, I I can fly. I can fly. And that's usually because I've had about 15 cups of coffee by 11 a.m. But (laughs) that's that's a completely different story. Simone, I always like to ask the the, uh, guests on the Marketing Finance podcast to tell me about a marketing campaign that's really grabbed your attention. It doesn't even need to be something that's in the same industry or the same niche as you. It's just something that's really stood out. It could be an advert, it could be a TV advert, a billboard or a campaign, something that's really made you sit up and think, wow, I really like the sound of that. I really liked one and uh, it is from a local shop that I have in my local area. I live in uh, Southeast London, uh, very close to London Bridge, very close to the, to the, to the Shard. And uh, it's an area called Bermondsey. And we have a lot of local markets and uh, there are local cafes around. Uh, there are a lot of local breweries. And uh, every time uh, you pass uh, somewhere, there is the number one beer is here. Yeah. Here is the number one coffee in in, in, in all Bermondsey. <laughs> and then <laughs> there was this guy, there was this brewery that put his advert at uh, this billboard outside, and uh, and said, uh, <laughs> "We are not the best, but a prom- what we promise, we will get you drunk." <laughs> 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 so. <laughs> That was like, yeah, this is genius. So I went into the brewery. <laughs> now, my intention wasn't to get drunk at all. But uh, at the end of the day, what people want to have is a good time. Yeah. And so they say, I don't care if you're going to think this is the best beer you've ever drank in your life, but I'm going to give you what you want, which is a good time. And some people want to get drunk. So if, if I say something, oh, I'm the best brewery, and someone says, well, I'll get you drunk, and I want to get drunk... I'm going somewhere where it says, is the, where they get me drunk. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, you know, one of my lessons that I teach my clients all the time is you've got to speak in the language of your customers. And in mm-hmm. that particular example, that's exactly what they did. And it does work. Whether you agree with it or not, it is talking in the language of a certain sector of their customers and it does work and the second question the second question i always ask is is there a business book you've read recently again that you've really liked and you've taken some learning from um i'll give it i always read business books um so there is a one the last one that i completed is uh, the new one minute manager right uh, we had uh, a, quite a good growth in our company. Uh, we went from uh, four employees to 12 employees this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, I hate managing people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a good leader, but uh, I'm a crab manager. <laughs> so I have now someone that helps me out. Thanks God. <laughs> but I've learned that uh, that's a skill that I need to have if I want to build a company in the way I want to build it. And uh, 
Uh, I never took management studies. Uh, I never learned management anywhere. And uh, my own executive director, Jeff, uh, uh, said, uh, you know what, why don't you read uh, the one minute, the new one minute manager? Good read, very simple. Tell, teaches you three things. You're going to become a way better manager than you are right now. And I have to say, that's probably one of the best, simplest uh, books uh, I've ever read. And on management in particular, is uh, is simple but effective. And that's why I love it. Yeah, I love simplicity as well, as my listeners well know. Simone, it's been great to talk to you this afternoon. Lots of stuff that we agree on. I'm really interested in the work that you're doing, helping people people find the purpose and their strategy. The events sound really interesting. I might even see if I can pop along to one if I'm down in London, which I frequently am. So if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way that they should connect? Oh, thank you for asking, uh, Roger, and I would love to have you at one of our events. <laughs> we um, The best way is to go on our website, uh, which is uh, www.gtex.org.uk. So let me repeat it again, www.gtex.org.uk. One more time so you can remember it www.gtex.org.uk because you're driving so you can remember it and um, uh, we have uh, on the website uh, a checklist uh, that teaches you how to create uh, events that sell uh, it's something that i've created for myself and for my team to have a checklist on what to do what to say when to do it when we are creating this kind of presentations or this kind of events and uh, we make it available to to the public uh, it's been downloaded more than 5,000 times by now, people are raving about it. They are thanking me for it. So I'm sure that you will love that resource. And uh, on the website also, you can, if you want to chat about how we can work together, how we can help create your event and help you out with the, with your own speaking as well, then uh, let me know and I'm more than happy to, to work with you. So just fill up the application form. We can have a chat about it. Fantastic. And I shall include the links to the website, although I don't really think I need to, given you repeated it three times, but I shall include it in the show notes of this podcast, which you can find at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MAF. That's rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MAF. And I am going to say it for a third time because you did. That's rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MAF. Simone, thanks very much for coming on to the Marketing Finance Podcast. An absolute pleasure to talk to you. Hopefully we can meet up in London at some point in the future and let me wish you every success for the future. Okay, thank you. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Do please look at the show notes at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MAF for links to the apps and topics and books we discussed. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review on iTunes. Simply visit rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash iTunes and leave a review. I'll catch you on the next episode. In the meantime, keep marketing your business to keep growing your business.